Attention freelancers and solopreneurs. Freelancers and solopreneurs. You are tuning into the Remote CEO, a show that will help you scale your business, become the authority in your market, grow into a better leader, and create your remote empire. And now, your host, acclaimed business coach and entrepreneur, Deniero B. What's going on, CEOs? This is Deniero B, and you are listening to the Saturday interview episode of the Remote CEO Show. I always make sure to have the most interesting guests and ask them practical and actionable questions so that you can take that knowledge and scale your business with it. So if you do enjoy this podcast, I would love for you to leave a review on your podcast app. It only takes a couple of minutes and it will make a big difference. Now, don't forget that we do release the five-minute episodes every single day at around 6 a.m. Eastern time. So subscribe to the show and you will get bite-sized actionable content delivered for free to your device. Also, share this podcast with other fellow entrepreneurs, freelancers, and solopreneurs. You're on the rise, so it only makes sense that you share this journey with like-minded people. And don't forget that the more you talk about these topics with other people, the more you will understand them and make them part of your everyday life. And now, let's get started. What is going on, guys? The Nero will be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today's guest is Michael Chabala. Michael is a for- former major league soccer player. He's played with teams like Portland Timbers, DC United, and Houston Dynamo. After his MLS career, he became an entrepreneur and he founded Sphere, which is a soccer-inspired fitness club. Now, I got lots of questions for him, so let's get started. How are you doing, Michael? Great to see you, and uh, I'm doing wonderful, as, as one can be during this pandemic. <laughs> Uh, for sure, man. For sure, man. That's, that's, first off, I'm very, very grateful to have you on the show today. I got lots of questions. So before we dive in, though, in the nuts and bolts of what we're going to discuss today, can you give us a bit of a background of how you started with soccer in your early life? Yeah, uh, like most um, four-year-olds, your parents throw you into, you know, the global game and you run around and chase the ball. I, um, I just grew a, an affinity, a passion. Uh, for the sport and I never looked back I you know was fortunate to be kind of in the right place at the right time my uh, dad put me on a team um, when I was eight I was playing with uh, 11 year olds and I was in a tournament in San Diego Mm. and I was identified by a scout in Austria so I ended up living in Austria for almost two years from eight to ten with uh, FK Austria Wien so the first division um, club where I really developed and accelerated my youth career but uh, you know, just like just like most um, young boys, you know, you kind of try different sports, but soccer was my first love, and uh, it's continued to be. Awesome, man! Super cool. Listen, this is, as you know already, this is a podcast about entrepreneurship and scaling a business, but there is always something, in, you know, that connects sports and entrepreneurship, right? So I wanted Absolutely. to talk about mindset during your training days. So. How did you go about waking up and being consistent and really chasing that dream without knowing at the end of the day if you were going to ever make it, right? Yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, I think I was 14. Well, I know I was 14. I know exactly where I was. I was in Boise, Idaho when I committed to becoming a professional soccer player. Um, uh, and 
I heard Landon Donovan speak and I really was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Growing up, I mean, I wanted to be the president of the United States. I wanted to go to the moon. You know, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a professional soccer player. But when I, I really knew and I really committed, um, it was actually when I was 13. Um, that's when I really was like, okay, this is what I really want to do. Obviously, I said I was playing. I was eight. You know, I'm in Europe. I'm seeing the world. But what separated me at an earlier age, and you don't, you don't know what you don't know, right? So I didn't know, like, you know, until I got a little bit older that there was either, you know, becoming a professional soccer player or going to a junior college, working at Starbucks. I mean, I come from a, you know, a wonderful family, humble beginnings. And, you know, I had to create my own opportunities. So for me, I just knew one thing, and that was how to work hard. I, I, for whatever it was, I learned that, you know, I, to control what I could control. Um, I always looked at the United States and said, how can I be the hardest working player in the United States? And so what I would do is I would set my alarm clock to the Eastern Standard Time, even mm -hmm. though I was in California. So I could say, I can control how hard I work and compete against everybody else across the country so that way if it's 8 a.m well it means it's 5 a.m you know and in 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 california like i mean probably somebody's up at 6 a.m so that means i gotta get up at three i mean so it's like i'm constantly just yeah i'm playing against everybody in the country so that was something that really set me apart i mean i always i mean people would always ask me like why why is your watch fast like what are you doing i was like yeah i'm, I'm playing against everybody on the east coast as well yeah. as the ones here so that was that was something that i've really adapted early that helped me um, you know, working hard is a, you know, it's just, it's part of the, the curriculum, you know, to being successful. But I think that like early mindset, that shift in, in understanding that, you know, there is, there was no other option. Like when I, when I was old enough to cognizantly make that decision to play professionally, I didn't give myself the out of, well, I could go into finance or I could do, you know, private equity, or I could do that. I mean, I went to school for soccer, number one, you know, and school was number two. I mean, they usually say it backwards. Like, yeah, I went to school for number uh, one and I went for soccer for number two, you know, like it's just yeah. one of those, you, you have to make a decision. And I think that uh, I had some really good mentors and coaches, which is why I'm such a big believer in finding new mentors and coaches in my entrepreneur phase of my life right now because I was able to be navigated in the right way to be making those decisions. Like at eight years old or nine years old, 10 years old, I'm not smart enough to know Eastern standard time and Pacific standard time. And yeah. I'm not to say that, but just the, the idea of competing and thinking that way. Yeah. So sometimes you have to have that help and, and to really see that, but you know, it's one of the, double-edged swords I would say for a professional soccer player because even in my twilight years the moment that I started thinking about transitioning I was done yeah. the moment that I started thinking about what was next the moment that I started it was over and yeah. um and, and I think it's a very um important thing to do and I when I mentor younger players now I'm not telling them to think about what they're going to do when they finish. I'm thinking about how can you maximize your career while you're playing yeah. so that you set yourself up for success afterwards. And, uh, and so, you know, with that being said, I believe that, you know, the mentality that you set at that early age, um, you know, is a byproduct of the people that you're surrounding yourself with, the coaches that you're, you're able to be touched by the, the parents, you know, and, and so forth. But 
yeah, I mean, I was definitely very fortunate to have a heart, like a good work ethic, um, you know, and adapted a quote that I live by to this day. And it's drenched in sweat at the point of exhaustion, you know, when nobody, you know, when nobody else is watching, right? Like you've, yeah. you've got to like live in that, in that capacity. And, um, sure. you know, and I think just never having an outlet to give yourself an excuse um, to be able to like let yourself down in case you don't reach that goal. Like it's why I think a lot of American football players, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the football, yeah. well, a lot of them come from like really challenging circumstances, but it's because they have two options, yeah. death, jail, poverty, and, or, you know, success, start, start them. Yeah. success. Yeah. And I think that those, I mean, but that's like, that's, I mean, Maradona, you look at like, got like some successful footballers. I mean, they come from like similar, similar backgrounds. Um, For sure. So anyways. Very interesting, man. I was it actually it always makes me think, and it, whenever I interview someone that it's from, comes from the sport, the sports world, I always think about Mark Cuban. He wrote a book called how to win at the sport of business. And he always talks about the fact that business is like a, a game, but you don't have the 90 minute whistle at the end of the game. So like you can keep on going and keep on going. So I was going to ask you lessons you brought with you from the field today, other than hard work. What are they? Do you have a couple that we can share with us? Oh yeah. I mean, my whole concept is based around the game of football as an entrepreneur. I'm merely a, a now a coach looking at a field of players and then and a constant evolving game season right each and every week i'm constantly adjusting my game plan i'm evaluating my performance i'm looking around at the teammates that i'm playing with where am i struggling where are my strengths what what is the what is the competition doing so it's it's a constant daily and weekly check-in um to see like you know the, the season's not one you know, like in a single yeah. game, in a single practice, like I'm gonna have good practice days, I have bad practice days. Um, you know, I need breaks, I need water, I need time to myself, I need to have fun, um, you know, to maintain a, a mental balance. So I think that everything about my, my experience as a professional has really helped me in every aspect of, of being an entrepreneur. So it is, it is a game, it is, it is exactly that. I think that for me, surrounding myself with other players, you know when you start as an entrepreneur whether you're building a widget and you know or you have a a product or service i mean you can only work so hard for so long until you reach that point where you want to go to scale right and obviously you need systems in place but what if you don't know how to code or you know what if you're not a digital marketer like you need other teammates that will complement your set of skills as an entrepreneur i'm a technician i'm a dreamer right i'm a visionary um i'm not an operator like I don't like mm. the back end. Um, so bringing on other teammates and people that you can use and then understanding how to work within those relationships. I have a PhD in, in, in teamwork and in, in, in atmosphere and creating a good locker room. I believe that before you can win, depending on the business, right? Because a lot of successful entrepreneurs that don't work with others, you know, they have, a, they have their own product or, or service, but for the, the business that I have, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm successful because of the teammates that I have around me and I might be the leader and have all these ideas, but I'm only as good as the ones that are with me. And so I'm not at a place where I have, you know, a superfluous amount of money to bring in. Um, 
but if I can get my team up to a higher standard, which is like a good soccer player, if you can make the players around you better, i.e. Messi, you know, you, you yep. give your, your team and yourself a better chance to win. I believe that, um, you know, there's a lot, man. The first thing that comes to mind is, you know, separating yourself when you're on the field and off the field, you know, knowing when to work and knowing when to, to, to focus and then when to, when, when to take a break or to step off. Uh, it's easy to work nonstop. I don't know if there's such a thing as balance as an entrepreneur. I think it's hard because it's like when you're passionate about something, I mean, I can't tell myself when I was growing up, becoming a, you know, working to be a professional soccer player, I say, oh, you've been working hard, take a break. I mean, you know, you keep going until the jobs and tasks are accomplished and the goal is achieved. But I think that there's a lot to just to be said about, you know, I guess for me, what I'm most excited or happy about with my, with my team is, is the, is the atmosphere that we create, like the locker room mentality that, that we yes. operate by. And I just, I, I mean, I'm just such a big believer in my ex my experiences that I witnessed as a professional when we won in 2006 and 2007. Mm -hmm. The people that were in that locker room, you know, they they got everything done and they held each other accountable, but they enjoyed each other's company. Like they were friends, like they were family, like there was a sense of community. And I think if you studied successful organizations, teams, locker rooms, there's something very special about the, that group that helps it become successful and, and, and the people I think is truly what really separates that because like sport, you know, it's a long season and people are always going to have outside influence of family relationships, life that are going to affect it. And it's like, how do you keep that sphere, that nucleus moving forward and constant wins, constant celebrations, constantly like creating a fun atmosphere because, and especially in a startup, it gets really challenging. And I think that if you constantly set yourself up to have the day off, the fun yeah. day out, right? Like the, the joking locker room fun mentality that I think a lot of these major businesses have adjusted, the Apples, the Amazons, like these, these fun working environments because it really truly will create a better place for everybody to want to play. And especially during times like this now, yeah. I mean, you realize the ones that really want to be there. And, um, and then you also really are forced to focus on what is the value of what you're bringing to the people that you're with. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I, I did an yeah. article not too long ago for Thrive and it was, it was all, it was all about this. I'm kind of falling on um, some, some faded ideas, but and I mean, it's just truly remarkable about the, the work that you can do with a team and um you know and in a great environment and atmosphere for sure for sure let's switch gears for a minute i mean life post mls so how did you adjust i mean how was the transition what did you have in your mind did you know what you were gonna do just tell us how those days were for you yeah it was extremely challenging i had no idea what i wanted to do every it's interesting I am very observant. Um, I was in a locker room with 35, 40 year olds when I was 20. So I saw, I saw guys making a hundred thousand, 150,000 and they were the top of their career. I mean, I made like 19, 20, like it was nothing, mm -hmm. but I watched those guys struggle. I saw how difficult it was for their families. I saw that, 
you know, they're going to need to work afterwards. They're limiting and opportunities of what they can do outside of that. I've always looked at myself um, as more than just an athlete, um, you know, with mm-hmm. a, a degree that I, I finished early. Um, I, w- I would like to say that I'm well-spoken and I have, you know, more to offer the world than just my athletic ability. And so mm-hmm. I always wanted to finish early. Like I always said, I'd rather regret something I did that I didn't. I've always lived that way. So I was always in the mindset that I wanted to finish early. Now, when I was, when I turned 30 in 2014, it wasn't my choice that they didn't pick up my contract. So I was forced to finish early. And it was very challenging because as much as I was educated, how much as I had networked, as prepared as I thought I was, my identity was the soccer player. My identity wasn't like, me i know what i like doing i'm i'm i have businesses set up i've saved money i'm in a better place uh i mean even david beckham went through a a hard transition and he did a documentary series about like the different phases of what that looks like so regardless Mm -hmm. if you're david beckham or you're mike chibala there's still this mourning period there's a lot of anger and frustration i went through depression i was an alcoholic for quite some time Mm -hmm. until finally like you know i kind of had this breakthrough when i was in hawaii and i was um, doing some soccer clinics there and just this aloha spirit, they call it. But I really started to like manifest this idea. Um, I had had some experience in the boutique fitness world when I finished playing SoulCycle Berries. I liked the idea of adding music. I still wanted always uh, into the game of soccer. I, I really was interested in fitness and staying in shape. Um, I went and broker natural gas. I went to Morgan Stanley and tried the, the uh, private wealth management circle for a little bit. I looked at private equity. I failed my series seven twice because I didn't care in order to study. I brokered gas. <laughs> I, I took my three. I did it for two years while I moonlighted and I knew that I needed to make money. I needed insurance. But at the end of the day, I was miserable. I was dead inside. And um, after playing the sport that you fell in love with from the age of four, doing everything that you love doing each and every day, I mean, literally playing like a kid, it's really hard to go and to change directions and go and do that. And it just wasn't something that I could continue to keep doing. So thank God I was forced out of playing soccer and it was during the world cup year in 14. So there was no teams, there was no league actually for like, you know, six weeks. Mm -hmm. And then when I got back, nobody wanted me because I hadn't been playing in seven months. And um, so I was forced out of that. I was forced out of wealth management and private equity world and brokerage stuff. And, it made me go full time. Like it made me say, this is it. Like, this is what you, this is, this is what I was passionate about, but also this is the only thing that I have. And so it's, it was what really forced me to, um, to pursue. I know that maybe doesn't answer exactly like getting into it. Um, I think it's, it's a, it's a matter of like circumstances and situations and experiences of each locker room, always enjoying the camaraderie. Um, when I finished, I missed that. I was looking for fitness and ways to stay in shape. I didn't want to play in leagues. I didn't like that setup. I think it was, it's very, uh, it's very dated. People are looking for efficiency. They're looking to multitask. They're looking for something millennialized and a different experience. And the football world is wonderful for professionals, but there really is this big gap when you stop playing from elementary school or high school or middle Mm -hmm. school. And some are lucky to play in college. But I think that's one of the biggest issues in America is because there's nothing for those people, players, mm-hmm. that used to be a part of the game, and then they're no longer a part of it. And so I look at myself now as 
you know, I think my purpose is to bridge the gap again within that community yeah. to help actually bring people together, which is what I think my true calling in this life is, is to do that, is to bring people together. Very, very, very interesting and moving, really, when you really were talking about how you felt as soon as you finished your, your soccer career, it really shows that uh, the way you see yourself, the identity that you're attached to yourself since you were basically born, almost four years old, you're super young. It yeah. really, really makes a huge difference. So let's get into Sphere. So like as a business model, what do you guys do? And can you, can you just tell us some more about it? Yeah. So Sphere, the idea was to create a concept to compete in the boutique fitness world, like SoulCycle or Barry's Bootcamp or Rumble out of New York City. A lot of those boutique concepts are usually based out of New York City. Um, but CrossFit, um, Bar Method, Yogas, it was supposed to be a, a, a soccer fitness concept to create like this really cool energy, these cool classes, lights down music. I had no money. I just had a work ethic and an idea. So I started out in this optometry practice. We moved into parks. And mm -hmm. while I started doing these park workouts, I still had this idea of going into this indoor facility, which we did in Houston. And we were also doing outside. And I was like, these are two different things. So I cannot call them both sphere. Mm -hmm. So I had a group go to Austin. And I said, you guys go and do this. They're building this community outside, which is what we were doing in Houston. But we, we just started working with this indoor facility. I was like, let's call it club. And let's let it be about bringing people together. We'll create this three team system, easy workout. And let's just let that be. And we'll do that in Houston. But we're going to call this other thing sphere. Mm. which is what I wanted to create, which was this lights down music up concept, very like electric. So mm. from that moment, um, the parent company split to two subsidiaries of Sphere, this indoor boutique fitness concept to this licensing model of giving away RIP to those fitness instructors, coaches to be able to run this soccer fitness workout that they can do anywhere at any time in any place. Um, what's, what's evolved since then is COVID startup issues, personnel funding, um, and more importantly, just understanding who we are, right? Like what are, what are we actually set out to do? Which like as a business, our mission is to create a better sphere, like a better world. Like our goal is to create better people and yeah. doing that through the game of football. And by doing that, bringing people together, we do that with these amazing, unique workouts. What we've taken is our, our IP and we've just basically divided it and said, let's sell it here and licensing. We now have this indoor location that we're subleasing. Well, because of COVID and thank God we don't have a huge lease and a lot of overhead. Why don't we just license to other indoor soccer facilities around the world and change their lighting and their sound? And why don't we just bring people here or train them digitally and virtually to be able to run these classes at their own spaces. They just have to, they have to make it look the, and feel the way that we do to create that atmosphere. So we've kind of shifted a little bit towards like this licensing, which is again, going towards now facilities and indoor locations that don't want to change the lighting and sound. And then on the other side of it for the, uh, the energy, the music, that like boutique fitness feel, but what I learned about ourselves is that we don't do anything for kids. We don't do leagues, camps, clinics, field mm -hmm. rentals. Like we are very good at operating 
um, in business hours that most indoor facilities don't function, 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m., like that's where we live, noon, four, five, six, before leagues. So our value yeah. add to those facilities is that we can help them generate, you know, X on top of what they're currently doing in those hours that they're not utilizing. And what's transpired from that is our third entity now, which is called Power. And okay. we've, we're two things. We're soccer and fitness, but soccer and fitness do not collide and do not mesh well because soccer players that love playing soccer are very competitive. They're living out their glory days. Mm. And at least here in America, that's, these people do not associate with these people because these people are afraid of getting hurt. They're embarrassed. They don't have any touch. There's no coordination. Mm-hmm. Although we've created a class that brings both of those together, our our classes are very different. So we separated our fitness into this mm-hmm. power idea, which is our online platform now. So we have a digital online platform, which is like Peloton, but we do these classes where we um, we record in a studio and then we yeah. upload the content. And oh, in so this studio, we are now um, we are doing classes with the ball and without the ball, but like we're manufacturing a medicine ball, our own resistance bands. And again, everything's yeah. music based, but it's a lot smaller. So we're going to own an actual brick and mortar, 3000 square foot facility so that we can start running classes, but generating content on a much faster basis so that we can hopefully scale and, uh, and get our brand out there much further than what it is. I think like, it's really explaining the concept, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, Hey, we, we sell this service. This is our business. I basically bit off the whole apple and I'm swallowing it at the same time, you know, because as an entrepreneur, you're supposed to focus on one thing and just do one thing really well. Like I've taken our IP and kind of separated into different areas. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like it's still one team. Like nobody knows that we have all these different businesses. It's like Nike. You have basketball and football and baseball. It's still under the same umbrella. It's basically what we've done here. And I mean, an entrepreneur that I look up to, Richard Branson, like I like their brand and the different subsidiary companies that they have. And I see that as our, as our business and what we're doing is, you know, how do we grow a really strong lifestyle brand that helps people want to come together and and feels like they're a part of this team. Um, But then there's just different ways that we, um, we make money. For sure. Super, super interesting, actually. And, you know, again, the podcast is called The Remote CEO. There's a reason why, because I, I'm in love with really scaling things remotely. And from what I understand, this is really taking the, uh, the model of, like, you know, a franchise to a whole new level. You're yeah. really going to be super fluid and you're going to be able to, hey, like, find out exactly where to pitch your idea. If there's a team of individuals who are interested in picking it up, how long does it take? on average for you to have someone from pitching the idea to someone to when they're ready to actually execute it? I mean, I mean, so our outdoor parks and our, our concept right now to individuals and local facilities is really, is really rapid because when we just started during COVID to really start pressing this, I mean, mm-hmm. again, I'm telling you this now, but I mean, over the past two months, we had an identity crisis and realized that no longer are we going to be actually changing our business plan and not opening up brick and mortars. Like we were looking for individual facilities again. Mm. But over the past month, 
I mean, one thing that I've always, I learned very quickly, but earlier on when I started the company and I was transitioning out of soccer was um, someone gave me some advice that said, go with the current, right? And so mm -hmm. all of a sudden we started going this direction and we had a facility in Brooklyn, two facilities in Dallas, a facility in Tampa. And again, like we've just started this process, but from us to take that one facility in Brooklyn, I mean, well, it sucks because now two weeks we have to quarantine because te Texans are, are like Texas is one of the worst states in the United States right now for COVID cases. So we have to self quarantine even within our country if we were to go somewhere else. But uh, I would, I would, I would say for the moment that you identify the sales process to actually getting somebody onboarded and loaded would be like one month. I think within like coaching time of our, of yeah. our team uh, would probably be 45 days. And the way that we're setting it up is, there's an onboarding of a week and then we'll leave one of our coaches to oversee and to help coach up the rest of the team. And then we would extract them after 45 days and then go to a new location. One of the greatest things about our team is that everyone knows how to do everything. Um, okay. You know, obviously with the intention of, okay, one day we're going to get this next round of funding and we're going to go open seven locations well, all of our coaches are then going to be responsible for overseeing that one location because they're all, they understand the brand, they understand the history, they understand how to run the classes, they'll be able to just go ahead and like operate. It's just same, same model, same idea, except this time now we'll be like re remotely like traveling, working out of like different locations to maximize and help those, those different facilities. Yeah. Super, super interesting, honestly. And as I said, like the idea of having a remote business, it really helps out because you don't have to actually invest hundreds of thousands of dollars into opening a brick and mortar location. In a way, I feel like COVID just happened at the right time. I know it sounds awful to think about it that way. But and say, I say the same thing. I say the same, I say the same thing. I think that it's, it's, you know, I think the only thing certain in life is change. I think it's yeah. just like a soccer game. And this is a very bad one that you cannot predict the injuries, the ACLs, the red cards, the goals against, the dehydration, you know, like the fans chanting, throwing urine bags at your face, you know, like it's literally <laughs> like the worst of the worst of the worst. But you have to find a way to, they say, stop the bleeding, like conceding goals, yeah. find a way to get into the locker room and to readjust your game plan to make a, a better play going forward. And I think for us, we would have never changed our business model. We would have never launched our power platform. We've launched our, our, our newsletter. We're working on our podcast now. I mean, there's areas that we would have never even considered to even think about because we were managing a brick and mortar space and they're, they're dead. Like they're, they're, yeah. they're, they were dead even before they even happened. Like Barry's soul cycle, a lot yeah. of these studios, I mean, retail space is such a, a fading object, I think. And I think for a lot of like what fitness has become, companies like Peloton, Mir, you look at these online digital subscription um, business models. I mean, they're just far more lucrative. They're way more attractive and yeah. obviously safe. For sure. And it's again, very easy to pivot at that point once you know that uh, you know, something's happening, right? Listen, um, I wanted to ask you one last question about business. Uh, now that you are an entrepreneur, so how do, how do you become a leader and how did you adjust to becoming a leader in a business setting? Hmm. 
I believe I'm constantly under trial with myself and my team and future investors and business partners. I once think I relied a lot on my um, athletic background to give me validation. Um, but that only gets you so far, right? I mean, mm -hmm. cash flow and, and, um, and, you know, the numbers really do, do tell all, but you, 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 I mean, it's like a captain on a field, right? Like you've got mm -hmm. the, the one that yells and nobody listens to, right? And then you got the one that doesn't speak at all and everybody follows. And I think that there's something to be said about a balance between both that you have to know when to speak and you have to know when to like lead and show. Um, I've, I've constantly battled because I think I'm a very humble individual. I'm always wanting to lead and push the team out in front of myself. And, but knowing that the validation in the company and the concept is because of my athletic experience and background mm -hmm. and it's just, it's, it's, it's something about being fearless. It's, it's something about being slightly crazy. I mean, you know, you've got to have, you've got to have that persona and you've got to be willing to, to be the one that stands out and, and makes the hard decisions and speaks up. And sometimes it's not popular, but um, I, I think to just, I mean, being a leader is something that is inherent i think it's 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 hard to just say oh i'm going to be a leader today and i'm going to i'm going to lead this team uh because i mean i, I just i don't I, I believe people are born with it i think it's or maybe it's hereditary or or you have to develop it over a lot of different experiences and time and being able to talk to people and understand which is why i'm so grateful for playing soccer for so long is i i, I worked with so many different people and understanding that just because I speak to you one way, it doesn't mean that I speak to somebody else the other way. And you're constantly managing, but yet at the same time, like you have to be able to inspire. And I mean, at the end of the day, you, you need to have the right game plan too, because you know, yeah, yeah, you can inspire and yes, like you can look the part, but I mean, not everybody's going to follow you into the desert to go look for that oasis and, you know, stay with you the entire way and say, I believe in you. Like we're going to go and do this together. There has to be, those small wins and again like it's your company it's not their company or yes which i've made all my 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 teammates equity owners so it is their company and their time is going to be rewarded but I, it's hard to put my finger on one exact thing i hope i said something that maybe struck someone that would say you know lead by example to a certain extent right and i think as an entrepreneur you you have to be willing to delegate and let people lead themselves Yes. and continue to keep navigating that and i'm learning that too because i'm very hands-on my my background as a professional is to work really hard and work yes. on my craft and to be as fit as possible and to do my job and to outwork everybody else but that doesn't necessarily translate into success for a company and a team if i'm the one that's running every single class and marketing and passing out every single flyer and running every ad we, we lose for sure hundred percent. No, it really makes sense what you just said, because you just talked about vision that struck a chord with me because you were talking about a vision. I mean, like you can inspire people, but if you don't really know exactly what you're, where you're going and you don't deliver results, <laughs> people can just be cheered up to, up to a certain point after that, <laughs> they're, they're not, 
They're not going to follow you. Constant, Listen. constant, constant goals, constant, like small wins that your team yourself can see like, Hey, we're making progress on this. Like this thing is, this thing is evolving, you know, and sometimes yes. it's hard because you're so involved and you're so focused and, and head down. It's, it's so much. And that's why you said COVID also you, you step back and you look at everything and you're like, wow, like we made progress. Wow. We're doing okay. I mean, and I, I mean, obviously cash is king. Everybody looks at like how much money you're making, but like, what's the social value impact that you're making on your community? How are your teammates reacting? Are you, are you supporting? Because money's going to come. I think I mean, I'm hoping, right. I mean, I'm still five years in the business. We're still in business, yeah. but we're growing, but we still have debt and we're taking yes. on more debt. So like, <laughs> you know, you, 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 you weigh the, the, the pros and cons and the risks, but it's like, you set up the right sales or the, the right, functions to make money but maybe put the right process and systems in place to then hopefully have the right product the brand the excitement that people are like i want to be a part of that for sure i don't know it's definitely it's definitely helped me evolve and change because at the end that during this i'm like what services and products am i selling like how am i going to make money besides just running fitness classes and i think that's been a blessing for us for sure. Listen, uh, Mike, it was amazing to have you on the show. I know for a fact that my listeners will want to check out uh, your website. So where can people find you guys? Yeah. If you, um, if you type in sphere, S P H E R E dot club, like a soccer club, um, pretty yeah. cool URL, but um, sphere dot club is our landing page. And um, as we're building our landing page, it's really cool. The top navigation bar actually kind of breaks down our four different companies. So you can see club, you can see power, you can see play a great game and sphere. So different areas of our, of our business that then will kind of funnel you into a different area. But um, yeah, myself, Mike Chibala on any social platform, you can, uh, you can check out our business. Our Instagram is at sphere.club too. So, and Facebook and Instagram. So you can find us and uh, yeah, I'd love to connect with anybody and everybody that's out there that's interested in connection, soccer and fitness. Awesome. Mike, thank you again for having, for, for being on the show today and we'll talk soon. That was good, man. Enjoy speaking with you. And this is it for today. CEOs, thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at denierob, D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B. And I will send you the direct link to the review section. And to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again. And I will talk to you again soon.